Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur Podcast, where mindset and marketing meet purpose, passion, and profits. I'm Bob Baker, and if you're a creative entrepreneur or someone who runs a heart-centered business, you're in the right place. To get a free collection of sample chapters from my books and audiobooks, just pay a quick visit to promoteyourcreativity.com. That's promoteyourcreativity.com. Now, enjoy the episode. Hello, Bob Baker here. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur. My guest today is a guy who runs a website called The Abundant Artist. Don't you just love a name like that? The Abundant Artist. I'm talking about Corey Huff. Uh, he is a, uh, an actor, a social media expert. He's turned these, uh, his interest in creativity and uh, internet marketing into a, a business and a service and a website uh, that caters primarily to visual artists, but also creative people of all kinds. And so his story is a fascinating one and an inspiring one. I know you will enjoy it. So how would you like to become a VIP? That's right, a very important person. Well, you already are a very important person, but I'm specifically talking about the Creative Entrepreneur VIP list. That's right, it gets you past the velvet rope, it gets you the best tables and all the finest restaurants. Well, I may be exaggerating a little bit, but when you get on the list, you actually get an email from me every time I post a new interview, and you get a big free sample of my new book called The DIY Career Manifesto. That's pretty close to getting best table, isn't it? Sure. To get on this VIP list, all you need to do is go to DIYCareerManifesto.com and sign up for it. That's also the website where all of these interviews, all of them, are housed. So why not go there right now while you're thinking of it and sign up for the list if, of course, you're not already on it. All right, let's move on to this week's interview. Hey, it's Bob Baker here with another episode of The Creative Entrepreneur, and my guest today uh, runs a website that has a name that really resonates with my whole message and who I am. It's called The Abundant Artist. I just love that title and the alliteration, you know, being a guy, Bob Baker, has me having a name with the, the, the double B's. I like the double A's there, The Abundant Artist, and my guest is the guy who runs that site. It's Corey Huff. Hey, Corey, how are you? Hey, what's up, Bob? Good. Uh, thanks for having me here today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to connect with you because I think we've been on each other's radars for a, a while. I've been aware of your efforts and actually had you on my hit list of people to interview for this series. And I just found out before I hit the record button that you've been kind of following my activities online. We have some mutual friends and I think mm -hmm. Jason Van Orden, mm -hmm. who is an old friend and who I interviewed early, early, early on. So there's a lot of overlapping uh, connectivity here. But yeah, so you, so you run the Abundant Artist. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah. But as I always like to do before I go into my official list of questions, yeah, I and I and I and I like to actually not know a whole lot. I did scan your website, you know. I, I try to do this to be the educated interviewer, but I actually like to discover things kind of in the in the moment mm -hmm. here. And so, tell me a little bit about your background and sort of what led you to do this site. And and I also want to find out how what areas of creativity you personally are involved in too. Sure. Uh, it's kind of a twisty, windy path, which seems to be the way for most creative people. But uh, so I, I've been acting since I was a, a little kid and I went to theater school at the University of Utah. I got a BFA in acting and uh, my wife and I moved away from Utah and ended up in Portland, Oregon. And when we first landed here, I needed a job. 
So I just went and found a job and went to work for an internet marketing firm. And that was just when uh, Facebook had basically just become sort of a national phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to figure out, uh, okay, where, what are we going to do with Facebook and what are we going to do with Google and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and so while I was working at this internet marketing company, I was gaining some marketing chops and I was acting and performing and a lot of my friends were actors and painters and artists and things. And, uh, and so I started this blog as a side project, the, the abundant artist. And originally it was just an exploration of creativity and money. How do those things go together? What, what does it take to make money as a creative? And, uh, the people that the blog attracted were basically just asking me about my internet marketing skills because nobody really knew what they were doing at that time. And uh, it just sort of organically evolved into classes and uh, speaking gigs and other things that I do now um, and, and, and eventually turned into a business that was growing well enough that I really couldn't do it on the side anymore. Uh, and so I left my day job and uh, started doing this. And, and it's really fun. Like I get to talk to and work with creatives from all over the world, mostly, mostly visual artists and, and uh, 3D artists, and uh, basically help them turn their art into an online business. All right, that's great. And for those of you uh, watching on the video, you may notice the background's a little bit different. And those of you who are watching the are listening to the what audio podcast, yeah, Corey does work from home like I do, and so uh, yeah, there's there are noises in the house, and so he, <clears throat> excuse me, he moved to a different room to get a little bit uh, more quiet and eliminate the background noise. So that's just part of part of working from home, isn't it, Corey? It is. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, this noise is okay. There. These these people have been doing construction outside my window for the last three months, and apparently it's supposed to go through the end of the year. Oh wow! So so like I get to listen to concrete like concrete cutting every morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds nice and quiet now. And where are you located? You're you're in the West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I hear. I mean, I have a growing number of friends in Portland, and it sounds like it's such a cool city. And I'm gonna have to. Mm-hmm. I've only driven through it on the way from Eugene to Seattle. I've never I never never stopped there. So one of these, hopefully this year, I would like. Like to come there, and uh, you should come on down. We're we're putting, we, you know, I'll throw a little teaser out here. We're putting together a potential live event for 2016. Or wait, no, 2015. Uh, whatever next year is. Next 2015. year, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not much of a live event person, but I've got uh, some people working on uh, a live event for artists and and creative marketing. So. Awesome. Uh, I would yeah. love to come because that's a very creative city from what I understand. You know, very it really is. Artistic yeah. and um, yeah, Flora Boley, one of the artists, the visual artists that was had one of the mm-hmm. most popular, by far she's the most popular uh, YouTube views of all the interviews that I've done. She's from Portland mm-hmm. and uh, does really, really well there. So you had did, did a great job of explaining kind of like who you are and, and, the, and the mission of the abundant artist. But I just wanted to ask a little bit yeah, more about you personally. Again, what, what type of acting stuff did you do over the years? Was it like live theater? Was it indie films? Mm-hmm. What 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 kind of stuff did you do in that realm? Yeah, my background is in classical theater. Uh, I've done a lot of Shakespeare, oh, wow. uh, a lot of Greek tragedies. Um, I'm really big into really dramatic, uh, really sad stories. Um, and I recently I've done you know I've done a handful of independent films, and recently I've gotten uh, really into voiceover work. Oh, okay. all right, cool. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Amazon's ACX program for I, Audible.com. I am. Yeah, it's sort of mm-hmm. like the, the the it's like the CD baby of audiobooks or something like mm-hmm. you, how you can get your yeah your 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 audiobooks into Amazon and Audible.com, which also Amazon owns. But so so you're you're one of the voiceover people. Yeah. Well, the the neat thing about ACX is anybody who wants to do voiceover can submit there. 
uh, and and you can submit on a per project basis. So basically, every book that's in that's on Amazon is up for being recorded as an audiobook. Oh, cool! And so uh, when people are ready to get their books done as audio, they can uh, you, you can go and, and submit a one page audition, essentially like a two minute reading. And if people like your voice, uh, they'll they'll pay you to go do some voiceover work. And it's a nice way to build up a little bit of a residual income because you can collect royalties. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome site. Um, and then you mentioned like Storyteller, too, as one of your sort of, you said actor and storyteller. Mm-hmm. So if you've done some of that, I guess that's sort of related, mm-hmm. but it's a different, I don't know, different yeah, form. Yeah, it's, of- it's, a, it's a slightly different form of theater, I guess. Uh, if you're familiar with like themoth.org or uh, Radiolab or any of those kind of storytelling podcasts, yeah. um, I do a fair amount of that. Uh, so it's it's getting up and telling personal narrative stories without notes and, uh, you know, they're usually stories that you pull from your own life uh, and they may or may not have any sort of message or moral. Sometimes it's just, a, you know, fun to get up there and tell a story. And uh, I really enjoy doing that. Cool, cool. Well, as, as I've mentioned on this show and other places throughout my decades of, of doing this, yeah, I, even though I'm, I'm known for music marketing and I am a working mus- musician, you know, have been for decades, but I also have been involved in all sorts of creative fields. You know, the, the paintings on the wall behind me are 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 mine and I've been you know doing shows locally with with my art uh, but I've done theater and stand up comedy all this stuff and I find that you know a lot of creative people delve in all these different areas um, but I find it's it's interesting that the abundant artist while I think you appeal uh, to like I do to many different uh, disciplines it, you, you just say a lot of visual artists are drawn to what you do but I'm curious are you a visual artist yourself have you ever dabbled in painting I'm really that? I'm really not you know I'm learning to draw because uh, I, I I'm so inspired by the people that I work with mm-hmm. but I'm really not a visual artist the the working with the visual artists thing I think really just came about very organically uh, the people, the the people that were drawn to the work that I do are mostly visual artists, and I'm not really sure how that happened. But now it's 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 a concentrated effort. Yeah, and it seems to me, and that's what another thing I want to mention here. Yeah, is that you uh, they were they were coming to you because of your social media and your internet skill are, are, are savvy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and like, I know like musicians, like that's why I think I have a lot of job security as an indie author, especially in the music marketing and even the book marketing realm. Um, it's like, there's always a new generation of people or creative people in general just are just confused about marketing. And then the internet just overwhelms them. I mean, people in general are, but it seems like creative people in particular don't like all that, you know, or, or just are, are, are resistant, I guess, to embrace marketing. Uh, and so that was probably the thing that drew them to you. And then you get a couple of artist clients and they start referring people, right? And yeah. Refer- yeah. That's, that's pretty much how it works. <laughs> so that's awesome. And also you, and, uh, one thing that I loved seeing on your site here is that it was, it was one of the early things that I preached about too. Um, there's probably actually two things that I, that I have been, uh, speaking of. Uh, that is why I, I resonate with your message. You know, the marketing stuff is definitely one of the things that I do. And that's more like tactical things and, you know, and, and demystifying it and all that. But another part is the mindset. And early on, I was out to, to, to dispel this starving artist myth. And I, I think that's a big part of your message. You want to explain, you know, what your, maybe your philosophy on that, you know? On the starving artist myth? Yeah. yeah. So um, I grew up pretty poor. I grew up uh, in, a, in a very lower working class family and my, my, my parents jumped from job to job most of my life and so I never really had um, 
any idea of what was possible financially uh, growing up. And I had the good fortune of uh, working with some people who were uh, successful serial entrepreneurs when I was in college. And uh, I sort of learned that that the the way that you make money and the way that that you market yourself is a lot of it is mindset and and as i started getting to know more successful creative entrepreneurs i started seeing that there's a a pretty specific mindset difference <laughs> there's the truck <laughs> that's okay <laughs> there's a pretty specific mindset difference between uh creative people who uh are doing well financially and those who are sort of find themselves in a rut where they're always struggling to get by, um, there, there's a pretty big difference there. Right, right. And I guess that's what you address yeah, in your, uh, in your, in your teachings. And there's so, I always like to ask people about their specific business models. And I know you have quit your, the, your, the day job that you had. Mm -hmm. like, I, I know for, for me it was 10 years ago. Uh, for you, maybe a little bit more recently. But so – as far as you, 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 I guess, have positioned yourself as sort of a teacher, a mentor, whatever, to, 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 to artists. So where does your, just without, I don't need numbers or details or anything. Sure, but, but where does the money come yeah, from? Is yeah, is it like coaching? Is there, 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 there information products that you offer? Just kind of give me a little overview of, the, like, yeah, what you offer and how you su support yourself these days. Sure, yeah. So uh, probably about half of the money that I, that I generate for the business comes from self-study courses that I offer. Um, originally when I first started the, uh, the business, um, it wasn't even a business and people just asked me to do group coaching courses and, uh, and I did that, but you can only reach a certain number of people and your income sort of limited when you're doing live courses. Right. Uh, so I decided that I would just record some of the group courses that I did and, uh, sell the recordings and that's worked out really well. Cool. Uh, are they audio and or video or both? Or uh, uh, they they tend to be video courses, and then I uh, do a transcript of the video course and, and a PDF download of the of the presentation. Uh, so then the artists can uh, sign up. They get the video. They get the PDF. They get the transcript. Cool. And uh, and then we usually have some sort of a, a forum or a group that people can join in order to ask questions and, and talk to each other and help each other out. Nice. Uh, and then the other half of my income is a mix of one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching work and affiliate income. All right, cool. Yeah, I see some of the courses. you got Facebook marketing for artists. you got content marketing for artists. Uh, like mm -hmm. a website, webinar type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so just discovering your u uniquity, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uniquity is, I thought it was a made up word, but it's actually not. Uh, the word uniquity is, is the, uh, thing that defines who you are. It is whatever your unique quality is. Right. And uh, another way of saying it in, in a more business, a, a more businessy approach would be to say, discover your niche right. or find your niche. Right. And it's, it's just about understanding who you are as an artist and what you bring to the world that's unique from all the other artists out there. And then understanding who in the world is interested in the kind of unique things that you bring. Right. And, and, and for some people, it's really obvious and they know who they are. But for, for many, um, they are so close to themselves that they don't – they just take themselves for granted and don't realize mm -hmm. that unique gift that they offer the world. So I'm sure you yeah. see the same thing. So let's go ahead and – yeah, let me go ahead and, ju and jump into the series of questions about uh, you know, your, own, your personal journey. You've, obviously, it's been a, a creative path and you've, you've gotten to the point where you're self-employed. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, inspiring uh, uh, 
visual artist and others. Uh, so if you had, a, if you Corey had to name three key factors uh, that were responsible for you, you know, getting to this place where you uh, where you are, what what would you uh, what would those things be? Um, I would probably say my mindset changed. Uh, I connected with the right people, and I started building systems. That's that's probably the three key uh, the three keys, and, and I can explain what I mean yeah, by so that if you want. Connect with people, and then what was the third one? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, building building systems. Systems. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's start yeah. with the, let's start with the mindset, which I guess we kind of touched on earlier. Yeah. But what what does that mean for you personally? Sure. Uh, so when I was in college, I went to work for this guy who was a serial entrepreneur. And he was starting a new company and he hired me. I had, a, I had just a tiny bit of sales experience selling cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't know anything. And he hired me to be his first salesperson and he, and he offered to train me. And so I would go uh, on sales calls with him from business to business and then trying to sell products to these people. And uh, in the car in between sales calls one day, he asked me how much money I wanted to earn. And nobody had ever asked me that question before. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, dumb college kid that I was, I was like, oh, it'd be awesome if I could make $30,000. And he laughed at me and, uh, and basically told me how much money he had made the previous year when it was many multiples of 30000 And I, it, it totally blew my mind. I, it, it seems so elementary uh, to maybe to, to some people, but I really had no concept of what was possible. And so after spending some time working for him and meeting some other friends and seeing other friends be successful, uh, it really expanded my understanding of, of what was possible mm-hmm. and, and realizing that a lot of these people that were successful, they were not smarter than me and they just knew some things that I didn't know and they were willing to do some things that I had previously not done. Yeah, I guess we all live sort of within a box of our own making. You know, we uh, we, we have these limitations or what we think is successful for us, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that limits us. And usually, we like well, we'll reach that point and not grow any further because because that's you know that's there's there's this whole belief system and everything that's set around it. But I guess it's more uh, successful people have more expansive thinking. I guess is kind of what you're realizing. Yeah, it's a lot more so. possible. Yeah, like the willing to believe that things are possible and a willingness to learn whatever it takes and, and then to go take action and do whatever it takes. That's yeah. that's that's the key part for, for, for me. It's mindset meets action. You know, and, um, in fact, I just uh, interviewed last week uh, Jamie Tardy from The Eventual Millionaire. Oh, yeah, Jamie. Uh-huh. She's great. And, uh, and, and one point in there she goes – I actually quoted her even though I haven't posted the interview yet – um, uh, but by the time this airs, it'll already be up there. But I, but I, but I, there was one quote that she had that I tweeted because it was so good. She said, "Like your beliefs won't truly change until they're coupled with action." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like that combination. You can't just sit there and meditate about it. You got to take action on it, and then yeah. see this expansive thing. Uh, connecting with people. Let's, yeah, let's, let's just talk talk about that a bit. Yeah, so I mentioned that uh, I started the blog, The Abundant Artist, as a way of just exploring ideas around creativity and money. Mm-hmm. And really, my whole goal with the blog at first was to just talk, like where, like find out where the creative people were, right? Like where are my creative people, and 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 where are the ones that are actually trying to to make money? Is you know to be so crass, but uh, where are the ones that are actually trying to figure it out? And who and who are those people? And and what do we have in common? 
And I, I started connecting with them and, uh, you know, guest blogging on some of their blogs and reading what they had to say and participating in this conversation around how the Internet was changing creative professions. Right. You know, and, and early on, I was connecting with people like Mark McGinnis uh, over at Lateral Action and uh, seeing some of your stuff and uh, Melissa Dinwiddie. Uh, and, and several other artists whose work I really, uh, Hugh McLeod from Gaping Void, right? Uh, people, th those artists that have been online for a while and, and, you know, back at that time, very, very few creative people were online and it was, you know, the, the ones that were, were the ones that were the weirdos and the, the, the ones that were outside of the mainstream and even in the creative world, you know, they were edge cases right. and now, and now everybody's starting to realize, oh, yeah, the internet is like a thing, um, and and it's kind of weird that that so many people in the in the art world uh, are so behind on that. You know, I think music is is much further along than visual artists. Right. Yeah. M music was on early on, and I remember you know being an author and a book you know in indie book publisher. I remember thinking that the the book world yeah was way behind for a while, but it's mm -hmm. it's catching up now. Now terms like indie author and indie publisher are becoming commonplace where I was, you know, nobody was saying it several years ago, but I guess it's the same thing with visual arts too. They're just now catching up to. They really are. Yeah. It's really just been, I, I would say in the last year or two, uh, you know, like there's been some big venture capital investments that are starting to, starting to see fruit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's sort of a bellwether that'll tell you whether or not an industry is going to going to go online. Right. So these people that you mentioned, like Hugh McLeod and uh, the lateral action Mark McGinnis. Yeah, did you, now, I know you were observing them, but did you actually reach out and connect with them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've guest posted over at Mark's blog uh, at Lateral Action a couple times, and Hugh and I, uh, have you know, we've exchanged many uh, conversations on Twitter and privately, and uh, it, creating connections with people, uh, it, it opens you up to what they're doing, it, it gives you a different point of view on, on what you're trying to do. And it also enables you to ask questions when you get stuck. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, uh, there, there's been so many good things that I've gotten from, from Mark and Natasha Westcoat, uh, who was one of the first visual artists to have a real online business. Uh, you know, talking to her about some of the things that she did. We, we did, we actually did a course, the first recorded course that I did, uh, was with Natasha. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a, a course on Facebook marketing for artists. And, and so sort of finding ways to collaborate with people and bounce ideas off of each other and, and all that. Yeah. I think yeah, that's crucial. That was a big part of my, I mean, I think a lot of people who are getting into a field feel intimidated that, you know, these like people that are, you know, several rungs up or whatever on the ladder um, are inaccessible. Uh, and quite often they are. I mean, I've reached out to people, never heard back from, from them. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of people I have connected with, just on a whim. I mean, there's been times when I go to a bookstore and I really enjoy a book and I'll just like, I'm just going to try, I'm just going to shoot an email. I'll, I'll go to the website, I'll see that there's a contact form and just mm -hmm. say, hey, I really enjoyed you. Well, I'm not asking for anything, you know, I'm just, I'm just like complimenting them. And quite often the same day I'll hear back from somebody and I just bought their book in a local bookstore, got it from Amazon or something. And so people are often more accessible and you build those, re those relationships. But you also mentioned something that I, th I think is important too. Um, when, when, when you said you were wanting to connect with artists who were focused on making money, um, 
that also goes for not only like bloggers and people that you know you want to you want to uh, who have platforms, but your end user. Like for instance, I realized years ago that I wasn't interested in reaching all musicians with my music marketing stuff. I wanted to reach the musicians that valued education and were curious and open to exploring about marketing and 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 were willing to spend a little money on resources, you know. And that's not every musician; that's a subset of them. I guess that's part of your uniquity or whatever is you know. Uh, yeah. um, so you're you're not trying to appeal to every Everybody, but those specific types of people that are interested in what you have to offer, and a lot of them won't be, you know. Um, so that's an important thing. Let us talk about systems, which I think this is something that I, uh, I, I uh, well, I have patterns, but I, yeah, I think I struggle in this area. But yeah, what? Tell me about your your systems approach there, and. Yeah, so this is I, I would say that it's, I this is probably the thing that I struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've managed to establish some systems, but I don't even think of think of it as establishing systems so much as establishing habits. Right. Right. There are some things that I've been able to automate. Like um, you can automate a lot of the emails that you have to send to people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you're going to, if you're going to have a creative business, people need to understand like where you come from as a, as an artist, they need to understand what you do, what you have to offer, uh, where you're going to be. Um, and a lot of that stuff can be automated so that when somebody signs up for your mailing list, they automatically get an email every few days or every week that lets them know about, you know, what you have to offer and who you are and allows you to build a relationship with people that way. And 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 if you do it right, it's not it doesn't come across as marketing. It comes across as just building a relationship. Right. Um, you know, you do have to like I think learning to do that is really important. Uh, I think learning to build systems around, uh, the way I, I handle, uh, trend, like, like money transactions, right. Understanding how money, uh, is, is exchanged on the internet and then building a way that is, is easily, uh, replicable. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, so whether it's setting up an e-commerce platform for your website or a place to sell downloads or any of that kind of stuff, like, Simple, simple things like that, but most creative people don't know how to do that. And they see like, you know, they see Lady Gaga with this huge marketing machine behind her and, you know, they, they go to the website and you can buy downloads of the, of the music. All that stuff is actually pretty easy to offer, uh, you know, not at the scale that she does it because she has a gigantic company behind her. But it's not that hard to offer downloads and, and have email opt-ins and all that kind of stuff. You just have to learn how to do it. And, and you can do it in a simple way that, that doesn't require a team. Right. Yeah. And all this stuff is doable. That's a, that's a good point. For someone who's co- totally new to online marketing or to just to marketing in general, yeah, a lot of this stuff is like overwhelming. And it seems like there's a, l- a little bit of a learning curve. But it's no more mm-hmm. of a learning curve than learning to play a guitar or, or, or learn how to paint or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Or, or read a line in a in a, in a play and, and you and people have somehow managed to get over that hump you know so mm-hmm. yeah it's like when you you know when you like I think for a lot of us as creative people we we started doing creative things as kids or teenagers uh, because we were really into it and and we didn't care that it took you know a year's worth of woodshedding to build up chops on the guitar right right uh, or or you know a year's worth of painting really bad paintings before you come up with something good uh, you know, you didn't care because it was enjoyable. And, and, and then, you know, years later as an adult, you don't remember how hard it was. Right. Right. Uh, and, and marketing is the same way you just build up, 
you build up relationships with people. And, and that's the thing that for me, that's what makes it enjoyable as I'm building relationships with people. Uh, you know, that's what good marketing does. And so that part's enjoyable. And then you learn how to, how to automate some of that stuff. Yeah. I think one thing that helps people get through the early woodshedding and the discomfort of learning a new skill is the end result. I mean, they think one, one of these days I'm going to get through that and I'm going to be playing my guitar in front of an audience or whatever. And that's going to be so cool when I get there, I just need to work, you know, so it's the same thing with, there's going to be a day when I'm going to have a fan base and I'm going to be raving fans. I'm going to be selling my art or whatever. So, I can, I can get through the <laughs> the discomfort of not knowing how to use Twitter today, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that that's what I'm working towards, you know. And so, it, yeah, if you can do it for one thing, why not do it for marketing too, right? <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to building, like the, the other thing I'll say about building systems, uh, building systems actually, a lot, a lot of artists resist building systems into their business because they feel like it, it it's, you know, it's, it's not creative and it's not, uh, you know, it's very linear. But building a system actually uh, frees up your creativity, right? If you can send one email that goes out to hundreds or thousands of people as opposed to sending an individual email a hundred times, you're actually going to save yourself a tremendous amount of time and uh, you're going to enjoy the experience more and free up yourself to, to make more creative projects. Good point. All right, fantastic. So the next question on the big countdown here, Corey, is uh, let's talk about a business or a creative challenge that you faced, how you overcame it, and what you learned from it. I'm sure you have something there in your history. (laughs) Yeah. Relate? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've learned about myself is I do really well with partnerships. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't don't do as well working alone. Uh, When I was – I created a like a membership site. Uh, on, on my website. Um, and it didn't really take, like people didn't really join up, uh, for various reasons. And I was talking with uh, a student of mine, somebody who had taken a class from me and I, I thought that she was pretty smart and pretty savvy. And we were just talking through various things. And, uh, it turns out that she had started a membership site as well, focused on some different areas. And as we started talking, uh, we sort of realized that, what she was doing, what I was, and what I was doing was a real compliment to each other. And that, that the people that we were trying to reach were, there was a a fair amount of crossover and bringing the two things, like she was focusing a lot on mindset and freeing up your creativity. Mm -hmm. And I was focusing on uh, how to turn your creativity into a business and, and, and both of us focusing on very beginning artists. And so we combined uh, our two membership sites into what is now artempowers.me. Oh, okay. And yeah, and, and that is when uh, it took off, you know, and we've, we've now got several hundred members. Wow. Uh, and and it, it's worked out really well for us and I think for the, for the people who are members of Art Empowers. And it's, it's really a community for people who are just trying to get started turning their art into a business and get over the fear of of trying to make a living from creativity mm-hmm. uh and and get rid of some of the gremlins that that melissa uh addresses right and and it it's been really fun because you know we both think about things in a different way uh and and we're able to bounce ideas off of each other uh and, and then connecting with other people in that community there's been lots of spontaneous things that have happened from that. Like uh, one of the early members of the community is somebody who is one of my sort of my chief uh, community member, like uh, Leah J. 
you should check out her her website, leahjartist.com. Uh, Leah makes beautiful art and uh, does all sorts of cool projects. And so we've had Leah involved in our podcast, in the Creative Insurgents podcast. She's done a number of things there. And uh, she's been some behind-the-scenes stuff in other things that we've done. So as you, as you, as you start to connect with people um, and discuss some of the challenges you're having, uh, people either volunteer to help or they know other people who can help. And for me, that's been uh, the, the best way of creatively solving some of the challenges that I've had in my business. Yeah, great. So, so, the, you know, so the challenge was you had this membership site that wasn't quite firing and working as well as you hoped. The, the solution mm-hmm. was to partner with someone who, who brought in you know, a, a different aspect to the table and a different audience, I suppose. And, mm-hmm. then, and that worked out. And all, yeah, I, always, I, I like what you're saying too about because um, a, a lot of artists, you, you, you mentioned the Lady Gaga thing or whatever. So, you know, a lot of artists will go, oh, I don't have the big infrastructure. I don't have the staff and, a, you know, a label or mm-hmm. publishing company or whatever. Um, but once you develop a fan base or a, some sort of a community of like-minded people, they will then help you. Uh, they become sort of your staff or your street team or whatever you mm-hmm. want, you know, to mm-hmm. help you get the word out. So you're not completely doing it all, all a, a alone, whether they're just providing answers or actual, you know, they're physically going out and doing stuff or whatever. Um, that's awesome. Um, so if you're ready, yeah, another three part question. Uh, okay. If you could go back and have a conversation with a young version of yourself, <laughs> Corey, and you can pick whatever age that is, and you gave yourself three pieces of advice, um, and there would be looking back on your life, you say, you know, young Corey, uh, do this exactly the same. Or do this thing because you know, that worked for you. Two, uh, this is something that's a time waster. I would kind of avoid that if I was doing it all over again. And mm-hmm. three would be, um, you know, th- this is something really good that I didn't realize till later was good, but I would have added it into the mix earlier. Um, so we'll just take those one at a time. What what has served you well that you would do exactly the same thing, or the, the same way? I should say. Boy, I, I find I find this kind of question to be maybe one of the most challenging questions mm-hmm. uh, because. It's really hard to say if I had done something different that things would have gone differently. Right. Uh, because I, I feel like everything that I've done and everything I've experienced has informed what I've done right. uh, or what I, where I, has informed where I'm at now. And, you know, my business is a passion-based business. And I, for the most part, I've followed what I'm interested in and what I'm passionate about and where my curiosity has led me. So I, I would tell my younger self, you know, continue, continue doing the things that, that feed your curiosity. You know, I was the kid when I was in theater school, I was reading like books on personal finance, right? <laughs> and I'd be sitting, I'd be sitting in the, in the hallway and, and people are, you know, sitting around talking about whatever theater students talk about. And people would be like, why are you reading a book on personal finance? And I'd be like, well, cause I want to keep the money I earn as an actor. Right. And you know, I, I don't know what it is about me that made me that way. Right. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, something that I'm interested in and, uh, that has informed where I'm at now. If there were something, Oh, um, if I were going to do something differently, I think it might be investing in investing even more in learning in myself. Um, when I was in my like like two years after I graduated from college, I started subscribing to some of the big internet marketers like the David D and the Dan Kennedys of of the world. Right. 
and started reading some of their stuff. And then David D did this big event in Los Angeles and it was like $3,000 a person. And there was no way I could afford it, but he was doing a scholarship contest mm. and, um, and I applied and I got in and, and so I got to go to his big event, uh, on scholarship. Cool. And I was so grateful for that. Um, so I do that for the courses that I do now. I offer scholarships and, um, and I, and it was so valuable and I learned so much, uh, about how to run a business at that thing that I was kicking myself for not having taken advantage of something like that earlier. You know, I, whether or not I would have been ready for it earlier, I don't know, right. but, but I, I really feel like investing in myself. And, and ever since then, every time that I have invested in myself and, and taught myself something or taken a course, I, I've always felt like I came away uh, with more value in my business. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting. You're, so you're, and I, I, this happens to a lot of people that are in the, in the inf information realm or whatever. We're both teachers and students at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, and so you've been a student, you continue to be, I assume, uh, but you're yep. now teaching others, you know, and, 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 and passing that wisdom on. So I guess the, yeah, so, so investing in learning would be the thing you'd add into the mix earlier. Uh, do exactly the same. Feed your curiosity. So, do you, so we don't have any. Uh, do, do you have anything about like you know any things to av avoid or of things to avoid? Yeah. Um, any, anything that you went down a wrong path temporarily for you know that you didn't realize. <laughs> you know, I I went down so many wrong paths. <laughs> uh, it's really hard to narrow it down. Like I, you know, I had three or four failed businesses before this one. Right. And, and they were things that I had no business being involved in. Uh, you know, I, I, I got involved in a multi-level marketing company. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my first business. And I just, had, I just had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to – it wasn't a, a, a product that I was personally really passionate about. Right. I was really just in it to make money. And, and it did not work out well. I hardly sold anything. Uh, you know, we almost lost our apartment. It, <laughs> so uh, it wasn't good. So it sounds like p pursuing things for the wrong reason or pursuing opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like really not looking at whether or not it was a good fit. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, here's one I always like to ask cause I never know what kind of answer I'm going to get, but, um, uh, how about a book that changed your life? Uh, you know, what that title is and why it, uh, had that effect on you. My high school drama teacher gave me the book, the giving tree. Hmm. And it's a very famous children's book. And a lot of people watching this have probably read it, but I like going back to it over and over again. Um, you know, she wrote a forward in the book that, that said something along the lines of, you know, this book will stay with you over your lifetime. And sometimes you're the boy and sometimes you're the tree. Cool. And I didn't really understand what it meant when I was in high school, but I certainly have experienced both being the boy and the tree now. And I think giving in a, in a way, giving in the ways that you can and giving even when it hurts a little bit is really good, is really, really good. And you should give as much as you can to other people. And I think that's how I got where I'm at because I, I just shared my knowledge as much as I could. And there are hundreds of articles and videos on my site, you know, that, that people have told me, 
they've taken that and run with it and built businesses on it um, without ever paying me for anything. And I'm totally fine with that. I put that information out there. But then there's also times when I've given to people and, and regretted it. Uh, you know, when, when people have really taken advantage of me and, and, you know, I've done scholarships for people where they, you know, they really didn't give back. They didn't respect what I had done for them. Um, people have ripped me off, you know, stolen my content. Um, and, and so you learn lessons about, you start to learn who to trust and who to, who to sort of keep at arm's length. Right. Um, and it's really hard to know what the point is, you know, where the breaking point is. Um, but that, that book, I, I, I think about it a lot. Cool. I, I'm embarrassed to say, yeah, I, I, uh, it, it rings a bell, but I have not read it. I assume there's a boy and a tree. <laughs> in oh it, yeah. In it. Yeah. Like, so. As a summary. So, so essentially there's a boy in a tree uh-huh. and the boy goes uh, and he's playing under the tree and, um, and he says something along the lines of, you know, I, I, I need some wood. Uh, and so the tree drops some branches, right? Oh, okay. And, um, and no big deal for a tree. A tree can grow more branches. Um, but then over the years, uh, you know, the boy, uh, he grows up and he comes back to the tree over and over again. And he takes more and more of the tree. Okay. Until finally, at the end, the tree is just a stump. Okay. So one was a giver, one was a taker. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lesson about knowing where to, you know, you got, it's got to be a reciprocal. Yeah. And the tree misses the boy, you know, the tree loved the boy because the boy played under him for 20 years Wow, for a lifetime. Oh, cool. Cool. I'll definitely have a link to that and other things that we talk about in your site and all that in the, in the, uh, in the show notes. But I, I, uh, yeah, I was not familiar with that story. Um, so here's, uh, let's just go ahead and keep rolling here. Uh, in, we're into the stretch, Corey, and I know you gotta, you gotta go here in a few minutes. So, um, but this is kind of a really uh, important sort of deep philosophical question. Like what, it's like, like, what's your big why? Like what motivates you to do this stuff? Why do you spend time sharing your articles and, and creating these courses and having the website, the abundant artist, you know, is there, is there mm-hmm. a bottom line sort of motivational thing that, it, that, that, that that uh, that that yeah cause you to do all this stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm feeling very uh, introspective this morning, and thinking about. So I grew up poor, mm-hmm. and and it was not, you know, I had a I didn't have a horrible childhood, but being poor is not a great experience. Right. And I don't want creative people to have that experience. I feel like. If you have some money and some resources, you can live a more comfortable life and you are in a position where you can create more. And I want creative people to create more. You know, the world needs whatever it is you have to offer. Mm -hmm. And so I do what I do because of that, because I want to see creative people give more to the world and and, you know, I don't know where the next Shakespeare is going to come from. I don't know who the next uh, great musician is going to be or the great the next great visual artist. But, man, I, I sure hope that I can help that person, whoever they are, in some small way. Right. And that's that's what keeps me doing what I do. Um, the other thing is, you know, my wife likes to say this about me, that uh, if it's not fun, I won't do it. Uh, good point. 
Uh, and so I, I tend to wake up in the morning and go, what would be fun to do today? Ooh. And, and I, I usually find a way to do something fun each day. You know, I have my business to run and I've, I've got schedules to keep and all that, but I have to find something fun in what I'm doing each day or else I'll just blow it off and go play video games. Right. <laughs> and I guess there are ways to incorporate, make sure that your business activities are fun too. They don't have to be a drudge, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, luckily I still enjoy talk, writing and speaking about marketing and creating blog posts. Not, not, not every day do I jump out of bed and oh boy, you know, there's some times where I have to, well, I know I need to get out of a new thing and I sit and I take years of working as a journalist with deadlines has got me over that I don't need to have be in, be inspired by the muse to be able to create something you know if there's an art show and or a commission piece of art or whatever I got to do it whether I'm in the mood or not but there's ways of within that making it fun mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? absolutely so yep. um, so that's awesome yeah that's a, that's a really uh, really uh, authentic and awesome thing that motivates you for your big why there how about future plans Corey? you know we've discussed all the things you got going currently but anything new on the horizon or um you know we just released uh what i think is probably the best thing that i've done uh, in my business uh the content marketing for artists course uh is a course designed to help artists understand how to document their process and how to turn the the journaling experience and the the work in progress pictures and all of that how to turn that into marketing content mm-hmm. and how to connect with people through that process in a way that is authentic and fun and draws people into your work and your world and makes them want to buy from you uh, that you know we we did a live version of the course earlier in the year and I recorded the sessions and those are for sale now um, that is probably the best work that I've done in my business. Um, and you can get that at theabundantartist.com slash content. Uh, as far as future plans go, uh, I'm moving to, I'm moving to France. Wow. Uh, so that'll be fun. That's a, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Just like yeah, our, yeah. Our, our mutual friend, Jason Van Orden, his mm-hmm. wife and her baby, whatever, moved to, to, to Paris. So you're following that from Portland to yeah, Paris. Yeah. 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 We're going to, we're going to go over there and hang out for a while. We'll, we'll see Jason and Melanie some and, uh, and and beyond that, uh, I'm working on doing my first live event in 2015, and uh, really working on connecting more with more of the artists in in the abundant artist community and having having fun doing it. Yeah, I think we talked about before. I hit the, hit the re- recording. Keep you know keep me in mind as you're planning that 2015 event. That's going to be in Portland, not in France, right? <laughs> Well, or, or it'll be somewhere in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be in it'll be in Portland if we do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I would. I would. Uh, I would. I would love to be kept in the loop on that uh, as you uh, as you create it. Um, but yeah, the, the content marketing. Yeah, you, you mentioned. Uh, yeah, the, for for artists, it's. I mean, on YouTube in particular, it's huge. But if you could show your technique or how you, yeah, the creation of a painting. Are you familiar with Val's art diary? I am, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, this gal, she's been actually online for, for some years now. but She's, she's one of those early pioneers that I talked about before, yeah. Yeah, she was used to, she would like talk talk as she was creating a painting. She would do all this like talk, sometimes it was kind of nonsensical stuff about her about her life. But you actually got to watch her create the painting as, as she said funny stuff and it was well edited and all that. Um, and then she would, you, I don't know how she does it these days, but she, then she would put that painting up on eBay um, mm-hmm. and people would, you know, hopefully create a bidding war. 
and I guess she got more and more popular. And yeah, so there's all sorts of creative ways to use, you know, yeah, to show your process and sell art. And so you already mentioned people can find you at theabundantartist.com. I'll go ahead and link to uh, that and other things that we talked about in the show notes. So Corey, thank you so much for inspiring creative people and, and doing the great work that you that you do in the world. I appreciate you being a guest today. Thanks a lot, Bob. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for watching and listening, and I'll be back next week with another uh, amazing person just like Corey uh, talking about creative stuff. See you later. So long for now. Bye.